podcast brought to you by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. Positively Pro-Life brings you inspiring stories, important legislative updates, and informative interviews as we restore and strengthen a culture of life. I'm Bonnie Finnerby, the Education Director at the Federation, and I'm joined today by my esteemed colleague, Maria Gallagher, the Legislative Director. Hello, Maria. Hello, Bonnie. It's great to be with you today. Well, it's great to be with you, and I am so excited to introduce our listeners to today's guest because she is changing the culture for the better through, of all things, fashion, and she's doing it right here in Pennsylvania. Later in the podcast, the co-founder of the Culture of Life 1972 fashion brand, Carla Nicole, will join us to discuss her mission and her vision for pro-life fashion. In addition, Maria will discuss the critical importance of uh, pregnancy, pro-life pregnancy resource centers in today's society and why we absolutely must continue to support them. But first, we'll have a dose of pro-life inspiration. Now, the last few years, I've been doing a lot of cleaning around my house with four of our children out of college and out on their own and my parents passing into eternal life. I've gone through many photo albums, like thousands of, of old photos and many memory boxes and thick school folders and lots of sports memorabilia. And in this process of paring down, I've rediscovered things I thought worth saving a long time ago, but I haven't seen them in many, many years. One of them was a newspaper column. It was a clipping that I saved maybe 25 to 30 years ago. Actually, it looks like this. It's very yellow and old. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was very clever and profound at the time, and I still think it is. It was written by a man named Jim Conroy, who was a staff writer for the Morning Times in Sayre, PA. Uh, I believe it was reprinted in the Scranton Times. However, that's where I would have seen it because I was living in Scranton at the time. It was quite interesting to reread this recently, given the current times, because in this article, Conroy mentions a very futuristic date of 2028, which is now obviously just a mere six years away. And so the column itself is a bit of a time capsule and speaks on the topic of abortion and specifically how it will be viewed in the future by school children. So given that we may be on the verge of an overturn of Roe v. Wade and returning the abortion issue to the states, I thought it would be interesting to revisit this column, and I'd like to share with you Jim Conroy's exact words. The title is called Pity the, His Pity the History Teacher Who Has to Explain About Abortion. I happened to catch part of a television movie last week about slavery and the abolition movement of the mid-19th century. It was a good depiction of the prevailing legal, moral, and social aspects of that hotly argued issue. It took me back to fourth grade when some student invariably would ask the teacher how in the world human beings ever justified the ownership of other human beings. How could they actually go to war over what they believed was their right to enslave other people? The teacher invariably would explain the economic necessity for cheap labor on Southern plantations. She would sum up the lecture by telling how science, the great breakthrough of Eli Whitney's new machine, ended the need and the justification for slavery. The movie also brought home the striking similarities between slavery and its counterpart issue today, abortion. For instance, it was a crime to abuse a slave, 39 lashes of, of the whip was the legal limit, but there was no penalty for killing one. Today, it's a crime for a mother to get her unborn baby addicted to cocaine, but it's her protected right to kill it. 
It was a crime for a person to kill another slave, but not for the owner. Just as absurdly today, it's a crime for a person to kill a mother's unborn child, but not for the mother herself to kill it. The use of nomenclature is similar too. Slaves were never referred to as human beings. In legal dealings, they were chattel or property. The victims of abortion also are never referred to as human beings. In legal dealings, they are called fetuses. Dehumanizing a class of persons allows society to rationalize just about anything it does to them. Abortion enjoys one extra rationalization that did not apply to slavery. Even the traders knew slavery was a crime against humanity. Every argument over abortion, however, always boils down to the fact that some believe there's still no proof that human life as legally defined begins at conception. So I took the liberty of visiting a fourth grade history class in 2028 when the teacher is posed with the inevitable. You remember life in the 80s and 90s, don't you? In 2028, teachers are still working at the age of 70 due in part to the failure of the social security system, the lack of literate young adults and the glut of baby boomers in nursing homes. Well, yes, I remember the abortion issue well, the teacher replies. How could people have been so barbaric, the students want to know. They were killing 4,000 people a day. Well, we didn't know back then, the teacher says, that fetuses were human beings. Don't forget, Dr. Samarita didn't make his discovery until 1999. And even then, it took six years of bitter fighting to pass the 31st Amendment. Oh, come on, where was your common sense, the student demands. Kids are much more astute in 2028. You needed something as obvious as Samarita's discovery. Didn't you just know it was wrong? I suppose a lot of us did, the teacher replies. That's why a lot of us feel so guilty today and why so many of us are still in counseling. But don't forget, the teacher continues, the issue was a lot more complex at the time. It was the keystone of the women's rights movement. The 30th Amendment was our crowning achievement. Achievement, the student asks incredulously. That's what you call the legal authority to kill people? The student looks around at all the empty desks in the classroom. It's too bad your generation wasn't taught history the way mine is, he says. Like the video lesson we had last week on slavery. Do you realize how many parallels there were between slavery and abortion? It's too bad your generation didn't see that film back in 1990. Like Conroy, I too think it'll be very hard to explain to future generations how we ever allowed for 63 million precious lives to be terminated in their mother's womb. I think that abortion is going to be regarded as a terrible stain on our country's legacy, but I'm very hopeful that we are nearing the end of this terrible tragedy and beginning a new era where all life is protected and cherished from the moment of conception through its natural end. Until then, let us not rest. Maria. Bonnie, thank you so much. Pregnancy care centers are now under attack. Pro-abortion forces are pushing a package of bills in the Pennsylvania State Legislature, which would shore up the abortion industry while defunding pregnancy resource centers. These centers provide compassionate, comprehensive counseling and material aid to pregnant women facing challenging circumstances. The centers offer everything from diapers to daycare referrals and from maternity clothes to mentorship. 
All of the services and materials are provided free of charge. Please call and email your state representative and state senator in support of pregnancy help centers. Ask the lawmakers to oppose House Bills 2626, 2627, 2628, and 2629. Working together, we can protect pregnancy resource centers from harm. These centers have served more than 330,000 women and their families since PA's Alternatives to Abortion program began more than two decades ago. Women served by the program have gone on to earn their GEDs and college degrees and have found meaningful work to support themselves and their families. Women who go to pregnancy help centers are more likely to receive prenatal care. They are also more likely to make sure their children are immunized. In this way, the Pregnancy and Parenting Support Program actually saves taxpayer money. Pregnancy care centers offer a safety net of support for pregnant women and their families. They in turn deserve all the support we can give them. Bonnie. Thank you so much, Maria. Well, it's my pleasure to introduce today's guest. Culture of Life 1972, commonly called COL 1972, is a Philadelphia-based fashion brand that gives back to organizations that protect life. The chosen name honors 1972, the final year when every American child had the right to life. It is not just an online boutique with stylish things. It is a company with a passion for sharing the love for life message. The COL 1972 Foundation 501c3 is the charitable arm of COL 1972, which donates 100% of net profits to the foundation. The Fashion for Life brand is committed to partnering with manufacturers that ally with the company's culture of life values. The brand believes people are empowered when they choose life. We are honored to have the co-founder and chief designer of COL 1972, Carla Nicole here with us today. Welcome Carla to Positively Pro-Life. Thank you so much for having me and I'm honored to be here with you too today and discuss Culture of Life 1972. And certainly this is such an exciting time to be a part of the pro-life movement because of everything that you just explained with the Dobbs case. And I believe that we are gonna see the overturning of Roe v. Wade this month, it could be any day now. And then of course, as you said, it'll go back to the States. But, you know, culture of life has always been a part of my family history. I was very, very blessed to grow up um, in a household where mom and dad talked a lot about a culture of life in the pro-life community. My grandparents um, on both sides were very pro-life. My grandfather and grandmother, Gertie and Carl Shoemaker, had been on the board of the Sunday Breakfast Mission, which sits at 17th and Vine Street in Philadelphia. And they saw a need to help homeless men, but then in the 80s and 90s, they saw a real great need for homeless women and children. And they saw a need for homeless uh, women who were pregnant. And they started Wayne Hall, which sits on Wayne Avenue in Germantown, Philadelphia. So when people always ask me, how did you get involved with the pro-life movement? I've always, from my earliest, earliest memories, I recall going to sit at board meetings with my grandmother or my mother. I'm going to help decorate Wayne Hall on Wayne Avenue in Germantown, uh, you know, from the 80s, 90s, 2000s. 
And then what, what I discovered that I was doing when I got married, I've been married 26 years now, is I started bringing my daughters to Wayne Hall at Christmas time. And we were bringing Christmases. And it's a great opportunity to, to share it for my with my children firsthand. This is why we do what we do. First and foremost, we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We know that he loves the least of these. And he loves these moms who are choosing life for their babies from the moment of conception. We also have, I have a lot of cousins who have been adopted. All different races, all different colors. And now my children also have, I have two nieces that happen to be black. So our family is very colorblind. Um, we just want to embrace all life from the moment of conception, whether it is actually adopting children, whether it is actually starting uh, crisis pregnancy centers or just supporting uh, crisis pregnancy centers. So that is, that is my legacy. And that is the legacy that we hope to give to our children. But we felt like we could do a lot more. You girls have watched over the last 10 years that there's just been a real demonic presence in the United States of America. And, and we'll keep it to just talking about the culture of death movement. But I've seen in the last 10 years that our families just needed to boycott a lot of manufacturers, a lot of businesses, a lot of movies, because they have anti-life values. And we actually call it girl cotting in our house because my poor husband is definitely outnumbered having me and his three daughters here. So we girl caught in our house. And about 10 years ago, we discovered that we were boycotting Macy's and Kohl's and Target. And then we started boycotting Nike and North Face and Patagonia and Converse and Ann Taylor. I mean, there's over 80 brands now that give back millions of dollars annually to the pro-abortion movement. And what we're seeing this last month of May with Dobbs now being leaked um, that we are going to overturn, I believe, it's just they need to announce it and we're waiting for that. What we're seeing now is that these fashion brands are working overtime to support a culture of death. So we are seeing Amazon is giving all of their employees up to $4,000 to cross state lines and have abortions, paying for their travel expenses, paying for their staying to abort future generations of America. We are seeing Levi doing the same thing. They just announced two weeks ago that they will also be providing expenses to employees to go across state lines or go down the street to have their abortions. And the response is similar to the letter that you just read earlier. It's just none of it makes sense. That's why I always bring it back to we are in a spiritual battle. This is demonic war. It doesn't make sense when you ask these corporations like Amazon, like Levi, well, are you going to give money to employees that wish to adopt? Are you going to give money to employees that wish to have children? The answer always comes back no. So we have to ask our questions, why do they support, not only with their time, but with their money, with their messaging, right? We saw two years ago at Fashion Week in New York City that Gucci and some other brands are messaging on the back of their blazers, on the front of their t-shirts, say things like, keep your hands off of my body. They say things like, we support a woman's right to choose. So it was in 2018 with a lot of prayer 
and a lot of discernment and a lot of discussion because there were a lot of people that said that we were crazy, that we were launching a fashion brand, not a t-shirt company. There's lots out there that just sell pro-life t-shirts and we praise them for that and they're doing a great job. But we feel felt very led by God that we need to start a fashion brand and we are the only one to date that is trademarked that is trying to make our mark and say, please join the culture of life movement. So whether you're buying a dress from us, a skirt from us, a sweater from us, or a pair of leggings, or today I can share with you that we are launching our COL 1972 sport collection. So for people that wanna work out, they've been asking for this for three years now. Thank you for being patient. We are launching today, June 1st. <laughs> um, and we have just workout gear that people can work out in, gym bags, water bottles, leggings, sports bras, all USA made by the way. We are very proud to have all this product be USA made. So we have launched that today and our messaging is empowering the already existing pro-life movement to say, wow, there's all of these people out there that we can buy products from and it's not gonna go against our core values. It's gonna support our core values. And isn't it so glamorous to wear life? Isn't it healthy to wear life? Isn't it healthy to have in our closets things that we can feel very um, conscious and not have to feel guilty about wearing these products? So we are providing a very needed um, service for people that think like our families. And the tribe has been growing from the moment of conception, if I might use that, pardon the pun, <laughs> in 2019 when we launched during Sanctity of Life Month. We chose that month to say, we are here, we are loud, we are proud, we are going to be at all of your events with you. We don't want it to be hidden that we stand with the pro-life community in the fashion industry. So of course that does not come without a lot of hate. We do get hate mail regularly that is amping up um, now that we are gonna be overturning Roe v. Wade. Um, we get vile messages um, and I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and now that we're um, in June right now and we have an anti-family month that is being applauded all over every fashion brand email that goes out, fashion graphics, fashion t-shirts, we again stand with our family values. You will not see any of that on our website or in any of our um, email blasts that we send out or our, or our texts. You are always going to see that we are supporting the traditional family. We, we support moms and dads in the home raising their children and we are proud to, to support that not only in our messaging, but in our blog posts that we write weekly. And again, we get hit hard for it, but we are also doing God's work here. We always say that God is the CEO of our company and our business. And as you know, we're a family business right here in Pennsylvania. And Carla, let me ask you, how did you decide to become involved in fashion? Was it just as a consumer that you were just fed up with these brands that were promoting the death culture? Yes, Maria, that's exactly what it is. Um, at the time, I was a stay-at-home mom homeschooling all three of my daughters. And I have a master's degree in occupational therapy. I worked at University of Penn before I stayed home with my girls. So I guess the takeaway from that is when God lays something on your heart to do that many people might be telling you is absolutely crazy, um, but please go to your pastors, priests, parents, family, people that you think are very discerning and wise and ask them what they think of it. 
And then, you know, it took us a year just to launch COL 1972. So 2018, we were working towards this. And then 2019 is when we launched. And then many things that have happened from 2019, even to date today, over the last three years and five months that we have been a brand. There's just been things that only God can account for. We cannot take any credit for it. Things like Abby Johnson reaching out to us um, in the first four months that we launched and saying, we want you to come and do a fashion show at, at, at our pro-life women's conference and we want to help you in any way. And I want to wear your product as much as possible. And then, you know, her kind of giving us that legitimacy led to other very high profile people that you would know the names of like Kevin and Sam Sorbo, who have produced all of the God's Not Dead movies, um, the whole entire Duck Dynasty family, they are regular customers of ours. And it was just, you know, it brings tears to our eyes to see, you know, when all of us were down there marching together in the, just this past January, 2022. And as you know, in 2021, the new administration did not let us march. So that's something that brings tears to your eyes. Um, but being there in 2022 and seeing, you know, 10 out of the 12 speakers up there wearing 1972, that is really just a God thing. We can't take any credit for that. So, and here we are with um, really a, a demonic regime, as I call it, in the White House right now. And to think that all of us are being used, this is our time to overturn Roe v. Wade. Who would have ever, ever thought it? Not me, not me. So we are doing our little part here in Pennsylvania with our family. It is me and my daughters. It is a few interns from a university called Liberty University that help us. We also have um, a lot of other students that are helping us with our uh, social media and with all of our videos that you'll see on YouTube, all of our videos and reels that you'll watch on Instagram. Again, when you come to any of our social media or our websites, we want it to be family friendly. We say that it is all daddy approved because my husband does approve it all. <laughs> You're not going to see our girls because they happen to be my daughters <laughs> in promiscuous poses anywhere. We are not selling fashion through the medium of sexual content. Um, we are not selling fashion through gender confusion. We just saw Calvin Klein last, my, last month run ads where there is a man who is pregnant um, on a woman. That is utter gender confusion. Um, that is biological lies and biological confusion. So you're just going to see truth when you come to our website and when you shop with us. And it's funny because I know that you girls are going to be able to re relate to me with this. Often when you start down a path that you believe God wants your family to go down or your marriage or you personally to go down, you are thinking that this is how you're going to meet God's needs. But then he says, we're going to give you this also. We're going to, COL 1972 is also going to be a sanctuary for girls that are majoring in fashion and they don't want to go and work for these other brands that are asking them to do things that go against their convictions, that go against their religious and moral convictions. So we've actually been a sanctuary for young girls. We have so many interns lined up. I can't, we are booked out for a year now because I have two and three interns at a time in a block of 12 weeks. 
Um, and sometimes we end up keeping them on to help and work with us as we're able to. Um, but again, it is just all God. And, and we're just trying to really keep in line and keep up with what God is putting on the table for us to do. But really, my daughters and I are the core here. Um, and then we have interns helping us. We have some students helping us. But really, we are the core that are doing everything, basically designing, um, working on the website, doing all of the social media, um, doing a lot of the speaking engagements, doing a lot of the podcasts. Um, praise God that I have raised up kingdom-minded kids, because if you didn't needed my daughters to do this podcast today, they would probably do a better job than I. And sometimes I think it's really good that the younger generation sees that they need to take the baton and they need to run with it. And they need to run with it hard because although we are certainly overturning Roe v. Wade any minute now, as you said, it's coming back to the States. And so Culture of Life 1972, our mission is going to continue to be the same. We are going to battle hard until every state now is pursuing a culture of life. And even after all 50 states are pursuing a culture of life, I still think that there's going to be a very heavy need for all of us to make sure that we keep a culture of life and change the heart of the nation and the conscience of the nations. Because as you girls know, it doesn't matter what the book says. If these young girls still believe that abortion is empowering, which is what Hollywood is telling them, which is what movies are telling them, which is what the public schools are telling them, which are what um, Amazon is telling them, and, and these nonprofits on the other side that I don't even want to say their names, um, we're going to lose that battle. So, so we need to win the hearts of every child, every family, that what is really empowering is when you choose life, even in the worst circumstances. And I'll tell you what else has, God has laid on our hearts that I think the pro-life community does not talk about enough, and that is chastity. In 2022, we are committed to doing blogs on chastity and why that is most important. And we get hit for that. People think that we're unrealistic in telling the younger generation that they should be exercising chastity, but we don't think so here at Culture of Life 1972. We think that that abstaining from sex until you get married is the way to go. We hope that we can get back to that. We know that that is the best plan. It's God's plan and it works. Um, and I could talk about that for quite a while, but I, I want to hear what else you girls have to ask me. <laughs> I think we only have about a minute left. And I was wondering, what would you like to say in that minute? You've, you've said so much to us that that's so powerful. What would you like to end with? I think I would like to encourage you to go to our website. Um, we indeed do have COL 1972 Foundation. We are indeed practicing what we are preaching. We try to update that as much as possible to show you where we are putting our money, what we are doing with our money. Recently, we, Wayne Hall in Germantown, Pennsylvania was changed to life turning point. We are giving a significant amount of our net profits to Life Turning Point, which is the new name for Wayne Hall on Wayne Avenue in Germantown. And also we are giving back to Pro-Life Women's Conference, which is coming up this month. And of course, the Mar March for Life. And we always are trying to give back to anyone who asks us to give to their silent or live auction for um, pro-life issues. So I would really encourage you to check out cultureoflife1972.com. Please uh, think of us when you're shopping for Christmas graduation gifts, Father's Day gifts. Um, you're all such a blessing to us. We do not spend money 
on advertising that's not in our budget but with people like you all our life tribe we don't need to spend money there and we're gonna um, we leave it, it right back. there we're gonna leave it right there thank you so much carla we greatly appreciate it and remember there's always a reason to choose life